With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into The Fade. I'm Clay Travis. He is Todd Furman. We are breaking down everything that is going on in the world of sports gambling as we get ready for the biggest, the baddest, the greatest game that has ever existed in the history of mankind. It is the Jags on the road against the Bengals. A Thursday night special the likes of which we've hardly ever seen before. Right off the top, uh, Bucks pats 25-1. to 1. If there is a touchdown, you bet $5 and you win $125. That is money in the bank. FanDuel.com slash Clay. That is FanDuel.com slash Clay. $5 to win $125 at 25-1. to 1. All right, Furman. Uh, I'm on the Bengals tonight. I would imagine almost everybody is. Cincinnati has a chance to get to 3-1. and one. Good idea, bad idea, crazy idea now that it's out to 7.5. Well, first things first, Clay, since I took so much abuse from our viewers over the last couple of shows asking if I was homeless, asking you asking me about my polo, I figured I'd go blazer. That's the worst polo I've ever seen. What do you mean? You're you're not one to talk about the worst polo just because mine actually fits my body the right way and I right don't look colors. like I'm a C cup like you're like you're pulling out there. That was a very nice golf polo Lacoste from Congressional. It was a perfect fit. Did your, your mom audience. give you that? Yeah, did my mom give me that? No, it was actually one of your former colleagues who passed it along to me. Thank you very much. Who's that? But when you look at the game, oh, who's you giving you Maddie Lou Chandler, she said it was some golf swag that they had floating around. Why don't I get golf swag? Because you make fun of it on air. Why would anybody send you any? (laughs) I didn't make fun of it before. Man, you made fun of it once I wore it on the show. But anyways, uh, you know, I don't want to get hot under the collar here. So blazer, button-down shirt to break down Jags bangles for you. Uh, You're not crazy for laying the points with the favorite by any stretch of the imagination. I do think it's a little bit of a tenuous spot. For a Cincinnati team that's been an underdog in each of their first three games now suddenly has to win a game by more than a touchdown to get money where it matters most at the window. You look at this Jags team, clearly they're not grasping what Urban Meyer wants to do, which I'm not quite sure what that is from an offensive scheme standpoint. Uh, but this will be a little bit more of a tenable assignment than what the Jags have had to navigate through each of the last two weeks. Arizona's defense better, the Denver Broncos defense better, and Trevor Lawrence at least has three games under his belt. So for me, I'm going to go over the total. I think both of these offenses will have some success. I love the chemistry and rapport we're seeing be recreated by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. The Bengals' offensive line is a major question, but the Jags don't bring a lot of pressure. I think Trevor Lawrence has some success. I'll go over the total of 46. I think this could be a sneaky, entertaining game uh, from what we had last week in that dumpster fire that was Texans Panthers. Let's go. I'm on the over seven. I mean, sorry, I'm on the Bengals seven and a half in this one. It's one of my outkick six-pack. Um, let's go straight to the SEC, Furman. Uh, we're going to be at Ole Miss Bama with the outkick bus tour. We're going to be at Free Pub, which is not far from the stadium. You can come hang out with us if you would like. Also, Arkansas, 19-point underdog at Georgia. I'm taking both of these underdogs. I love Lane Kiffin with two weeks to prepare. We know what his offense did against Alabama last year. Arkansas plus 19 at Georgia. 
look, I understand this team has been wildly undervalued so far by Vegas and they're sticking to their guns. I don't think the Georgia Bulldogs are that much better than Arkansas. I think the Razorbacks will be able to run it. Do you like me taking two underdogs in these games? I like one of the two underdogs that you're taking here. And I think the case you're making for Ole Miss resonates with me. When you talk about how explosive and dynamic this offense has been, a scary proposition for Pete Golding and that Alabama defense to have to contend with Lane Kiffin, having that extra time to prepare that you mentioned. And when you look at Ole Miss so far this season, the only team in the country averaging more than 600 yards per game. I mean, they're hanging a 50-burger on their opponents on average. And the most incredible part about this is their defense has actually improved. Now, it was hard to get worse given what we saw in Oxford last year. But when you have an offense that's this explosive with big play potential, all you need is a defense to be slightly below average. They'll, of course, get tested from the onset against Bryce Young and company. But I think Matt Corral has a chance to cement his status as a Heisman frontrunner with a good effort here. Ole Miss can run the football effectively. Uh, they can throw it over the top. And when you look at Alabama, I mean, they were gashed on the ground by Florida. So I think Ole Miss is a very live underdog in this particular spot. Now, when you mention the other game, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. And I know uh, I'm not exactly a fan favorite with Arkansas football or basketball fans, and I'm not going to take anything away from what they've accomplished with a dominant win against A&M and Texas already this season. But this, in my opinion, is a step-up in class, and I worry about how healthy K.J. Jefferson is. And so for me, I think Arkansas's defense will be able to hold up fine against the Georgia offense that's feasted on lightweights but I worry about Arkansas's ability to consistently put drives together. So for me, rather than making a case for the side, I'm going under the total at 48 and a half. Uh, this has all the makings of a 31-13, 31-14 type football game. For me. What about Cincinnati-Notre Dame? Uh, Notre Dame plus two and a half is what I got this one at. Home underdog. Cincinnati may be the biggest game in Bearcat history. When you look at this one, how would you break it down? Again, I'm on the Fighting Irish plus the points. You know, Notre Dame in an unenviable spot for the second straight week where their high-profile opponent will have extra time to prepare. Uh, no love lost between defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman of Notre Dame and some of his difference makers for that Bearcat defense that have been pretty outspoken. They said they feel like Freeman left them high and dry, uh, and so they want to go out there and prove a point. It begs the question, does Luke Fickle know what Marcus Freeman's going to do on the defensive side better than Marcus Freeman knows? what this Cincinnati offense does best, having practiced against them for years led by Desmond Ritter. You mentioned how big this game is for the Bearcats. I mean, if they win this, they essentially have, I'm not going to say a clear path to the college football playoff, but one of the more compelling resumes we'll see from a group of five team when you combine it with the win on the road against Indiana. But winning in South Bend hasn't been easy. I think the last time the Irish lost in their own building, you have to go back to that Georgia visit in 2017 lean towards Cincinnati, but I was hoping I could get three in this game, which obviously not going to happen. Again, I think defenses can be successful here, uh, and I do have some thoughts and prayers for your Notre Dame under last weekend against Wisconsin. Dead brutal. nuts, right side, wrong result with three non-offensive touchdowns. That was absolutely brutal. Three non-offensive touchdowns all in the fourth quarter, which is unbelievable. Uh, all right, so I'm on a lot of the big underdogs against the traditional, we'll say, heavyweights. I'm on Rutgers plus 15 and a half. I'm on Stanford. These are the numbers that I got when I gave them out on Wednesday. Plus eight and a half. I understand they move. Uh, I've got Kansas State plus 10 and a half. And I've got BC plus 15 and a half against Clemson. What I'm selling here is I don't buy Clemson. I don't buy Oklahoma. I don't buy Ohio State. And I don't buy Oregon. I think they're being overvalued right now by odds makers. Are you buying or selling that idea? 
There is no doubt we've seen more parity in college football through the first month of the season this year than I can ever remember. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that some of these programs, even some of those middle-tier outfits within Power 5 conferences, are bringing back a lot more veteran leadership because guys have that super senior year uh, that they've been afforded given the unique circumstances we've seen over the last 18 months. Now, when you try and figure out what you're going to get from some of these blue bloods, I think it's a fascinating discussion because is it a buy low spot for the Oregons of the world, the Oklahomas and Ohio States, or are these teams really just as flawed as they've proven to be over the first couple of games? Ohio State, I'm not sure I have the stomach to back Rutgers here because I think what you need to attack this Buckeyes defense is a vertical passing game, and Rutgers, for me, really doesn't bring that to the table. So I lean Ohio State if I'm picking a side there. Oklahoma and Kansas State, I don't know what the hell is going on with Spencer Rattler. Maybe he's eating too many Raisin Cane's chicken fingers because he doesn't have the deep ball in his arsenal. I mean, hey, this is what some of the NIL will do. You spend more time in fast food establishments than you do building rapport and chemistry with your skill guys. The offense bogs down. So I'd like to think Oklahoma gets that corrected. Is it this weekend in Manhattan? Man, not so sure of that. Oregon last week was one of the more curious results against Arizona, a game where they were a four-touchdown favorite. Never came close to covering that number, but were able to create five interceptions. So that one was bizarre. I don't know what Stanford is, uh, so that's a game that I've shied away from. Uh, and when you look at Clemson, this is a ultimate buy low spot for them. But I think this offense is really limited. If it got down to 14, I'd be forced to play on Clemson. But I hope you're right. I mean, I'm sitting on a BC win total ticket over seven. I would love them to be able to start the season 5-0 and in their wake of that impressive victory last weekend against Missouri. All right, here are my other college football picks. I'm on LSU minus three and a half, Mississippi State plus seven and a half, Michigan, Wisconsin under 43 and a half, uh, and uh, let's see any others. Uh, UF, Florida at Kentucky under 55 and a half, and I've got the Vols plus three and the over in that one. Do any of those jump out at you and... What's your favorite college football picks yourself as we get ready for the big weekend? You know, honestly, uh, I come into this show every Thursday hoping that I can hate every single one of yeah, the picks I you know. offer up. Saying that I want to go against 8, 9, 10, maybe even the whole 13-pack or whatever the hell you're putting out for winners supposedly each and every week. But of all those games you rattled off, uh, I actually think you're on the right side of all of them. I really don't see a game that I've bet differently or that I would disagree with whatsoever as far as where i've yeah i know it's a little bit scary that or you've at least learned quite a bit from me taking you know my tutelage to heart over the last i don't know eight ten how long have we been doing content for are we at 10 years now in this relationship probably probably yeah it's probably close to 10 years i mean i'm trying to think yeah i think it's been around 10 years Uh, over 10 years because i had just launched outkick i think when we just met and it's been over 10 years outkicks existed now kind of scary to think about i really have to you know may, when we get off this show i may have to reassess my life and try and make better choices going no forward. doubt about that um as far as my investments you talked about that mississippi state texas a&m game i actually like that one under the total quite a bit i think when you look at mississippi state mike leach obviously grabs the headlines but defensively they've been underrated now for at least two seasons i'm not sure zach calzada in this texas a&m offense is able to figure out all that's ailed them And I don't see either of these teams landing enough big plays where this game goes flying over the total. So I like that game under. Uh, When I look elsewhere in the college football landscape, uh, a lot more totals than anything else. I think that Tennessee-Missouri game makes a ton of sense over. I missed the opening number at 62.5, so I'm going to look to try and bet it live. 
Uh, I'm thrilled that Hendon Hooker should get the nod under center because he's much more accurate as a passer than what Joe Milton brings to the table. But another total that I've bet uh, that you didn't mention there, Florida State and Syracuse. I know the talk is that Florida State may want to play a little bit quicker. They should be healthier. But this is a Syracuse offense that now plays at a snail's pace. It's a far cry from what we saw from Dino Babers a few years ago. I think he realizes he's got an inferior talent level there, and he's got to try and shorten games. I mean, Garrett Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer, was 6 of 15 last weekend against Liberty, a game the Orange won, but they have to dominate with defense. So I'll go under 51 and a half there. And for folks who really want to jumpstart their weekend, uh, you know, I'll go to Logan, Utah Friday night, and I'll take Utah State plus the points against BYU. I haven't been shy about BYU being overvalued. I think Blake Anderson will have his team ready to go. And that was one of the uh, more curious performances we saw last weekend. Utah State marched the ball up and down the field against Boise. They just weren't able to score. If they're able to turn those yards into points, uh, I think Utah State has an excellent chance to upset BYU and bring the old wagon wheel back to Logan, Utah. Here's the deal. We haven't had a losing week yet in four weeks of the college football picks or in three weeks of the OutKick six-pack. We went three and three last week, so we pushed basically, but... Here are my OutKick six-pack picks. Uh, I got I got the Bengals. Uh, we already talked about that going on tonight against the Jags. I've got the Lions-Bears under 42.5. Colts-Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins minus 1.5. This is a Jacoby Brissett revenge game. I think he's going to win it for the Dolphins. Uh, I can't believe that I'm saying that but that is uh, that is why I am uh, I'm going all in there. Panthers plus 4.5 at the Cowboys. Uh, I've got the Bucks minus seven at the Pats in the Tom Brady revenge game and I'm taking the Texans as a 16 and a half point underdog against the Bills. I know the Bills played fantastically well the last two weeks but 16 and a half is a massive line. Those are the six games that I am betting. What do you think of those six and or what do you like in the NFL this week? You know, no major disagreement on any of those six, but let's dissect the biggest game of the weekend. And that, of course, is Sunday night football game where you said that you're backing Tom Brady and company going on the road laying a full touchdown. We actually talked to John Sheeran earlier this week. He heads up the risk team at FanDuel Sportsbook on our Bet the Board podcast. And John said it's been damn near impossible for them to buy a single ticket on the New England Patriots. You can understand why, given all the narrative. You look at Tom Brady, he's basically been money in the bank against the spread when he plays a road game following a straight-up loss. The problem I have here, Clay, is that when you dive into some of these numbers, this suggests that the Tampa Bay Bucks would be a 10-point favorite on a neutral field against the New Orleans Saints. I don't think anybody in their right mind has that kind of disparity between the two teams when you factor in that New England closes a field goal favorite against my beloved Jameis Winston last Sunday, and now they find themselves as a touchdown underdog. Do I think it's a great matchup for New England? No, absolutely not. When you have a rookie quarterback that's not going to have a ground game uh, against this Tampa defensive front, we know Tom Brady is going to go full scorched earth if the opportunity presents itself. And I have to imagine, we don't see it often in the pros, that if Tampa happens to be up 7 to 10 points, Brady is going to put his foot to the accelerator late in this game and treat it like a college coach who's trying to cover numbers for his boosters. Uh, But from the point spread perspective, I just can't get behind laying an inflated tag. I actually like that game under the total a bit at 49. I think if New England's got a puncher's chance, it's got to be because of their defense. I think Tampa can hamper some of what Mac Jones wants to do. But I kind of joke that if you think New England has a chance to pull off this outright upset, bet Mac Jones for rookie of the year at four and a half to one. It's essentially a money line bet when he'll have all eyes in the football world on him. 
because if he can beat Tom Brady at Gillette, Mac Jones moves to an overwhelming favorite, in my opinion, as Offensive Rookie of the Year, unless there's some shenanigans defensive scores. One game I did bet, though, was against your beloved Tennessee Titans. I talked You've about You've been talking it up for Monday. two weeks now. I had, I had to put my money where my mouth is, and I know the Titans are going in slightly undermanned, a potential that they could be down both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. When you look at this Jets team, the one thing they do well is stop the run. And I think if Tennessee is without some of their key cogs in the passing game, this is a Jets team can at least contain Derrick Henry to some extent. This will be a much easier task for Zach Wilson than going up against Carolina, Denver, and New England like he's encountered in the first three games of his career. And since 2005, Clay, when teams are home underdogs of six points or more coming into a game where they lost by 20 points or more the game before, it's about a 61% success rate. I think the Jets are going to scare a lot of Titans fans because Titans will come into this contest thinking that they can show up and win. But I think the Jets will be in it from start to finish. Here's what's going to happen, Furman. I'm just going to disabuse you of that notion. Titans are going to win this game. They've already won the division. Gets a 3-1. and one. Uh, Then next week, going on the road, will beat the Jags. 4-1. and okay. one. Big Monday night football game with the Bills coming to town on October 18th. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if they're going to play that game. game. They're going to play that game on a Monday, or are the Titans going to try and move it to a Tuesday or Wednesday to try and give themselves a competitive advantage? Well, like they do you know, the stuff. truth of the matter is, we might be having our eighth or ninth team outbreak of COVID, and it might be necessary <laughs> to move it a couple of days later in the week. Might happen. You saw what Funny happened the works. last time on Monday Night Football when it turned into whatever night of the week football it was, and the Titans went out and dominated. I think the Titans will get the five and a one, and uh, at that point, when you got the Colts sitting at 0-5 or whatever the heck they're going to be. I'll feel good about the division already wrapped up. Just like I feel great about the Braves. I do legitimately think the way things are trending in the AFC South that the Titans could have the division wrapped up effectively on December 1st and only need nine wins to win that division. That's how little I think of what the Colts are doing right now, although I think things will get better for them. But the Texans and Jags, you know, they're not going to push the Tennessee Titans atop that division. So we'll see exactly how things go. Yeah, the Titans play the second game against the Colts. I believe it's early this year. I think it's on Halloween. So, uh, so in Indianapolis. I mean, they're done by before we even get to November with games against the Colts. I mean, I figure you and the Clay and the Travis family has already booked, you know, the swankiest hotels they possibly can. Super Bowl weekend at SoFi Stadium. Maybe you'll be able to expense a nice little luxury suite, fully catered when the Tennessee Titans are there playing for the Lombardi Trophy. I figure you've already built that into the company budget. Oh, of course. But the problem is uh, the problem is that when you look at the travel schedule, I don't know how many people I'm going to have to buy tickets for. I mean, my, my family obligations keep growing. I'm like a... Uh, well, as soon as the I got rich... Bus. It's the as, perfect way to do it. It's as soon as bus. I got Load rich, everybody, it's like being across a... The country. It's like being a first-round draft pick. You find out you got all sorts of relatives you didn't even know you had. I'm rich all of a sudden, and everybody wants me to buy stuff. Uh, Furman, yeah, the, I, crazy, the craziest part about that, I'm doing this show for free, yet everyone in your family's getting rich off of your... That is that is not true. They haven't managed to figure out how to get your contract done, but uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Closing out the show here, appreciate Todd Furman. The Fade, want to remind you, fanduel.com slash clay. If either team scores a touchdown, either the Patriots or the Bucks in the biggest game of the weekend in the NFL, a $5 bet returns $125. That's a 25 to 1 payout. $5 returns $125 for new users. Fanduel.com slash clay.
Furman, I will uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. And by the way, maybe on Monday also, we'll have the uh, Major League Baseball playoff set. Should be a fun week with the uh, with the games going on. The Braves uh, have now advanced, so uh, so I'm excited to see how that game goes. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the Major League Baseball uh, series and maybe some odds there as well uh, given the fact that that'll be underway and of course Monday Night Football and the NFL and the college football weekend that was. Talk to you then, Furman. Always a pleasure. Safe travels to Tuscaloosa, Clay. All right, will do. I'll see you guys.